Welcome to the By the Hood podcast. Before we start this episode, could you do me a favor? Could you rate and subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts? And also, could you subscribe to our YouTube channel? That's at youtube.com slash by the hood. What's up, people? Welcome to this episode of the By the Hood podcast or webcast because I don't know how you're consuming this content. I'm your host as always. My name is Jimmy. And as we start off every show, that's with gratitude. I want to say thank you to everyone who supports everything that we got going on. And there's so much that I don't even want to, you know, um, talk about everything we got going on because this is a whole lot. A lot of shows, um, a lot of projects, but we get a lot of support in everything we do. Special shout out to all the students of By the Hood University, which is growing astronomically. Um, all the energy being shared within there is it's all positive. I want to say thank you for that. I'm joined by my brother, as always, Corey. What's up, good brother? Yo, you know, every day above ground is a good day. You know, nothing to complain about because there's, you know, the world, the world gonna do what it do. You know, you know, I, I was in a in a in a rona funk for a while, man, but I'm good now, man. Yeah, like, man. I'm, I'm ready to rock and roll. Absolutely, man. For those uh maybe tuning in for the first time, like first of all, shame on you. But if so. Our platform is designed to highlight brothers and sisters who are out here doing amazing work, doing extraordinary things. And, you know, this brother we got on here today, let me tell you a little bit about him before we get into it. This guy is a trader, right? Trades options. Um, and He's an investor. And I've watched him over the last year just like put out tremendous amounts of positive work for not only himself, but what impresses me is he's teaching other folks and um, helping them along their journey, becoming investors and traders. But without further ado, man, I want to bring on my brother, John McLaughlin. John, what's up, good brother? What's up, y'all? It's good to yep. be here, man. I really appreciate y'all having me. Um, I love everything y'all doing over there by the hood. And, you know, it's a, it's a joy to be here. Yeah, man. Listen, man, um, you you become an extraordinary trader, man. Like your, your chart game is crazy, man. I'm just going to put it out there like that. Like your, your ability to chart and see trends and make moves is second to none, man. So... Um, but before we get into your actual trading, let's talk about your background. Where exactly are you from um, and, you know, how'd you grow up? Um, I, my background is a pretty interesting story, actually. Uh, I could, we could probably do a whole hour-long podcast on that. But I'm from um, Jacksonville, Florida. I was actually born in Tallahassee, uh, but raised in Jacksonville, Florida. Um, you know, I, I'm an adopted kid, so mm-hmm. I grew up in a predominantly white household. Um, and so I've had an interesting journey through life, you know, definitely. Um, it kind of was, you know, a blessing in some ways because I got a lot of exposure to things I might not have other gotten exposure to, including the stock market. Um, you know, I've been in the stock market um, for a long time, really, probably going back to like 2000. I mean, I was personally like super actively involved in like everything that was happening but I was aware of it and kind of you know the seed was planted early on in my life um so like I said I I could go on for a long time about my background but that's where I'm from I'm from Jacksonville Florida southern boy I spent a couple years up in Chicago uh, when I first left high school uh, I went to college up there, lived up there for a few years. That's probably like my favorite city in the world right there, Chicago. Uh, came back to Florida and now I live in Atlanta, Georgia. Been okay. here for a couple of years too. So you in Wakanda now. But let me ask you this question. Um, 
What did you go to college for? What were you trying to study uh, to do in college? Uh, actually, I was kind of all over the place when I first went to college. Uh, mm-hmm. My educational journey has been a, a whirlwind as well. So when I went to Chicago, I was I started as business. Um, I spent a couple of years doing communications. I'm sorry, I, I transferred to communications after like a year or two. Um, but I didn't finish there. Um, I had my first son real early uh, with my high school sweetheart. Um, so that was that's what brought me back to Florida because I wanted to be around uh, for his, you know, him growing up. So I, I left Chicago to come back to Florida. Um, so I kind of left school for a little bit. I never finished in Chicago. I ended up going to a school in full uh, in Orlando called Full Sail uh, okay. and studied business there. Got a business degree there. Um, then just kind of did some work for a while in professional environment, doing a lot of data management and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I actually have recently gone back to school again and gotten a degree in anthropology. I'm actually a graduate student here in Georgia, at Georgia State right now in anthropology, um, studying political economy. So basically the way politics and the economy interact with each other. So what, what drew you to anthropology? Like what, what made you uh, have piqued your interest in anthropology? Um, I think really it was just, I, I, I love culture. I love studying culture. I love learning about culture, experience and culture. And so I think a lot of the things I was doing in my professional world, uh, like data management and things, doing a lot of surveys and like analytics and things like that, it carries over a lot of that into anthropology. But as opposed to what I was doing before was just more so like interacting with computers and and numbers and stuff. I wanted to kind of still do that same thing, but have the human interaction where I'm dealing with people and I'm learning about cultures and that sort of thing. So. Mm -hmm. Got you, got you, got you. Okay, so now, um, getting into let's move like a little bit forward. Where now you're like actively trading and making these moves. How did that come about? How did you go from someone who had knowledge of the stock market based upon how you were raised, um, to now being actively traded? And before, and as part of that question, I want to ask you this though: How you you, you mentioned that you were an adopted uh, child? How how has that shaped you? And then after you know, and lead into you know how you got to be trading. Let's talk about that first. Definitely. Um... You know, a lot, I think a lot of people don't necessarily know that about me, just observing me online and stuff. They don't really know where I come from. Um, but it's definitely had a huge impact on just who I am. Um, number one, like I said, I've kind of just had probably like a different type of upbringing than a lot of people. You know, I was able to do a lot of things young at a young age that some people probably don't get to do. And I'm very you know grateful for that. But at the same time, it really created a hunger in myself to... To know my to, to know myself and more about who I am and where I come from and know more about the world because I didn't really get to experience necessarily a whole lot of um, that growing up and so, so it really created a whole that, that idea of culture right so now I'm thinking I'm thinking as you say that so now the idea of you studying culture makes sense yeah and so you know I, I I've always tried to read as much as I can, go go as many places as I can. My, my wife is actually from Belize. So I've, I've always just been, you know, wanting to get out there. I actually met my um, biological father who was, you know, a black man from Tallahassee. And um, he's given me, you know, a lot of scoop on like our family history. My grandfather was actually the first principal at um, Lincoln High School, which was the first African-American high school in Tallahassee. So 
you know, just that hunger to seek out that kind of, you know, knowledge and, and cultural basis um, is, I think, definitely something that was kind of just stirred in me from from the way I grew up. Gotcha. So now the anthropology, now it all makes sense. It all comes together. So now getting back to the other question about you getting into trading, how did you go from, you know, understanding about the market, maybe long term to now where, you know, how'd you become a chart guy, as I call you guys? Yeah, well, um, I know that y'all are uh, you know have had Delancey and Hamilton on your listen. Show. Lance's family, man, and, Yo. and, and shot the Lance. Once they shot the Lance, and uh, Lance is working on a special project with us. Um, so by the time you guys see this, the project probably will be hit the streets by then. But um, beautiful Lance is not not only one of the best traders in the world, but she's a beautiful person. Yes, I, I always say that. Like more, I mean, as much as she has helped me with market stuff, I just love her as a person. But um, she kind of introduced me um, to uh, this program to kind of help you learn about the more of the markets. Me and Lance kind of go back digitally uh, quite a long ways. We was in this other group that was based on like some some excuse me some Black History type stuff. Um, okay, author named Horace Butler. I don't know if you ever heard of him. But when rock when rocks cry out. Yes. Well, yes listen, I had to I had to say that because I don't want Russell to cuss me out when he watches this because. <laughs> I think I think Russell gets a commission off every when rocks cry out book, but you know, that's either here nor there. So there's a few of us, you know, from that crew that have kind of made our way over into the stock market. But Lance was the one that really introduced me to it, and she um, hit me to this program to learn about the markets. I dove into that. Um, I was I started that really like 2016, I want to say, and just went in like. You know, head first, and I've really made that like basically my obsession the last you know several years, and um, you know, in addition to that, I took Lance's high tech options class, which is really where I learned how to chart and stuff. You know, I think I'm pretty good. I don't think I'm nowhere near on Lance's level, but uh, you know, so that was kind of that process. It was basically through the Lance Hamilton. She really kind of piqued my interest back in the, you know, a few years ago, I seen her talking about getting into the markets and learning about the markets. And I was like, Hey, I, you know, I, I knew about the markets, but I was like, I would like to be more hands-on knowledgeable about it. Um, so I kind of followed her lead, basically followed the path that she was on. And um, well, let me ask you this, right? Because one thing I know about Lance is that, you know, she's a science background. So for her, like charting and everything just made sense. What is it about like, you know, because you guys are, are you guys are masters of technical analysis. Right. Mm -hmm. So for the folks watching um, who, who who have no idea what I'm talking about or listening, um, John is a trader and he focuses a lot on technical analysis. So there's fundamental analysis and technical analysis. But um, Delanche is a master of, of technical. And, and, you know, and John is someone who studied under her. I know that she has a science background, which is why it makes sense to her. What is it about that that makes sense to you? It makes that the part that you focus on. Um, I would say it's kind of similar in the, in the sense that I, I'm a, I'm a numbers guy. I'm a data guy. So, um, being a, you know, and obviously it's not like numbers directly all the time, but it's like patterns and, um, you know, just data that's available to, to analyze. And you can see the trends, you can see the movements, you can see the reversals and things like that happening in real time. And so it really definitely adds an element um, to your trading, you know. So 
I know I think Lance, I mean, in conversations I've had with Lance, she said she's like 70, 30 percent in terms of how much she relies on technical versus fundamental. I'm probably kind of the opposite in that I probably rely more on fundamental in terms of identifying the plays I want to play or considering playing. Um, but then using technical analysis uh, to guide how I play them. So when I'm okay. in my market reports and stuff on the daily, most of the time I'm not really looking at the chart initially. I'm looking at, you know, whatever news is happening or whatnot to, you know, make me consider this play. Um, and then after I'm like, okay, I feel like, you know, this is a good place to be looking. Then I'll go and look at the chart and kind of see, okay, do I want to, is it, is it something I want to try to scalp today? Is it something I want to try to swing trade? What's a good price that I might be able to get in at that type of thing. Okay. Now I want to say for the folks out there, like, you know, John is very humble, but I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, um, you know, giving this flowers here. John is an amazing trader. Like I, I've seen some of his results, like John gets to it. But my question is this, and I like to ask every well, a couple of questions I like to ask every trader. The first thing is, how much studying went into making you as proficient as you are, right? So, like you know, because a lot of times people like they're interested, you know. And, and by the way, none of this is investment advice. Let me say that, you know, this is for education and entertainment purposes only. 100%. But, but I want to know how um how much work did you put into become into becoming as good as you are? So, because a lot of folks want to start, like I said, but. They think oh, it takes a lot, and it does take a lot of work. But how much time did you put into studying? Man, it, it does take a lot. You know, um, I, I won't even lie about that. You really have to be dedicated to it. I don't think it has to be as overwhelming as as some people think. Again, it depends on your approach. Um, but you know, obviously, like I said, I've been studying. You know, really intensely for like the last five, six years now. I guess for coming up on six years. But I don't necessarily, I'm not spending, um, you know, hours every night breaking stuff down. Um, you know, I know some people that do do that. They'll spend three, four hours every night. And, you know, kudos to them. I'm not trying to, you know, uh, you know, talk badly about people that do that. You know, if you have that time and that drive to do so, then more power to you. But, you know, I don't necessarily think you have to do that. But I do think it's something that you have to dedicate um time to so every you know, single day <laughs> yeah like you know i i do i you know i'm always reading news i'm always um you know so i'm always trying to absorb some information on a daily basis but i don't necessarily spend hours and hours every day you know diving in deep on some topics you know there are days where i'll go deeper than other days and you know i'll be like okay, i'm gonna spend a few hours looking at these charts or i'm gonna spend a few hours reading this book or whatever the case may be um but you don't have to necessarily spend you know hours and hours every single day doing it as long as you make it a priority something that you're consistent with i guess consistency would be the main thing like if you're consistently um you know applying yourself whether that be an hour every day you know five hours a week you know, whatever the case may be that works for you, as long as you have like a consistent program for yourself that you are dedicated to, I think, you know, it'll work out in the long run. Got you. And um, I know Corey had a question. Before we get to the last question I have is this, though. Um, I like to ask every trader this, right? So what has trading taught you about yourself, right? Hmm. So, and I, I, but while you think about that, I, I'm going to tell you, like, give you an example of what I mean by that. So 
what it's taught me is that FOMO is real. And no matter how much um, I think I'm disciplined, I have to uh, kind of fight FOMO. So I do a lot of OCO orders because I don't have to think about it. I'm either going to hit my target or, you know, it'll hit my stop. But what has trading taught you about yourself? Yeah, um, I think the biggest thing for me is uh, I would say that I'm kind of impatient. Okay. You know, uh, and that's something that I've had to work on. And, you know, I've definitely improved a lot. You know, I still run into some troubles here and there, but I've definitely that's been my biggest stumbling block is my impatience, whether it's, um, you know, not being willing to stay in a trade long enough or whether it's, you know, exposing too much of my account to the market at once because I'm trying to make too much money quickly. Um, you know, those are all battles I've had to fight, you know, and, you know, just to be honest, like before I became an efficient trader, I, I've definitely blown multiple accounts, you know, not no crazy amounts of money. Cause I usually always start with small amounts of money, but I've definitely had to like start over, you know, more than once. I'll just say that. Um, I'm glad you said that. Cause there's, there's no, there's no trader that I know that um puts up the numbers. Like you do like that, that is really good at this point that didn't go through that. Right. And I agree. I got something and I so, found. Everybody yep. that's a great trader that I know has basically had that same story. So I would definitely agree with that. Don't be scared of it. Um, it's just a matter of learning your lessons and getting back up off the ground and keeping moving forward. Yep. So go ahead, Cor. I know you had some questions you wanted to ask, Cor. Yeah. So John, you 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 uh you said you were into the uh into anthropology and that you also collect data. So how do you uh use that as part of your trading plan? Yeah, so I keep pretty detailed um like spreadsheets on all of my trades. Um, not only just my trades, but also the, the, so I have a report I put out every day, which will have three, four or five different plays that I'm looking at for that day. And um, I don't necessarily play all of them every day. You know, some days I might play a couple of them or a few of them. And other days I might just play one of them or some days I might not play any of them if I'm not liking what I'm seeing going on. So, I, you know, I keep two spreadsheets, one on my actual trades that I do execute and then another one um, that's on just the plays that I pick. And so I keep a pretty detailed data of like what it opened at the day I, I called it, um, how high it got that day how high it got the rest, the, you know, over the length of the contract. Um, and so, uh, I, you know, it's a pretty detailed thing and I, I can basically look at trends. I can I can sort it different ways and I can see, okay, I've had a lot of success with, let's for say Apple. Apple's my favorite company to trade probably. Um, you know, so far on my reports, I've picked like over 1,200 plays going back over a year. Again, that's not the ones I've traded, but those are the ones I picked. Apple by far has been the company I've called the most. And I think if I remember correctly, only like one of those trades was not a winning trade. Like the other ones were all like massively successful trades. So like I can look at it like that. I have a lot of success with this company, you know, company A, B, and C. I can look at it and I can say, oh, well, the plays I really have a lot of success with are my swing trades that I'm holding for five or six days. Or I can say, you know, oh, look at these scalp trades, um, you know, 
I'm exiting them too quickly. If I had held them another two hours or an hour or 30 minutes or whatever the case may be, I would have made this much money. And so it allows me to kind of review everything that I'm doing, uh, my mentality for picking plays, how I execute my plays and, you know, have like a running log that I can always look back to and try to get my lessons from. So it's almost like a football player or a basketball player studying their game tapes. Like you go back and study everything you do. Yeah, definitely. And, 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 you know, speaking about time, like for me personally, that's probably like where I spend the most time because I'm always having to update it and, you know, go back in and look at it. Um, so that's something that definitely like occupies a lot of my time in terms of what I'm looking when I'm studying the market is looking back through my my call, both my calls and my trades and, um, you know, just seeing what, what's going on there, where I where I'm having the most success at and where and also importantly, where are where are my mistakes at? Yeah, so you, you so uh, you know, I, I you know, I, I'm a trader also, and so what I do, you know, I talk about trading plans all the time. First thing I talk, about, you know, anybody who wants to talk to me about trading, two things you got to understand: you got to understand volatility, mm-hmm. and you have to understand that if you don't have a trading plan, you're going to lose a lot. Mm-hmm. So, because I didn't have a trading plan when I first started, yep, I could call the right plays, but I didn't know when to get in, I didn't know when to get out, and so I was losing money on entries and exits. Right. So it's not about just calling the plays, right? You have to understand when to get in and when to get out. Yeah. Picking the plays is probably like the easy part. Like that's probably the the battle. The the other 80% of the battle is, you know, the, 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 the entry and the exit, the psychology to like to your plan and things like that. Definitely. I I was about to say, like for me, um, entry and exit is probably like 10%. To me, 90% of it is mental to me. Like the mental mm-hmm. part, boy, to me personally, yeah, is the absolute uh, most difficult thing about being, um, uh, you know, trading. Let's put it that way. Yeah, so, I definitely agree. You know, people, the thing about the market is that when you're, especially when you're trading, you have to mitigate loss, right? So the thing, the reason why most traders blow their account is because they don't know how to mitigate loss. Yeah. There's multiple, there's 10, 15, 20 ways to mitigate loss in an options trade but most options traders don't do any loss mitigation they either let it run up or they let it go to zero and i'm like that's ridiculous like you have to have some 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 loss mitigation built listen in. man at me man you talking <laughs> to me right now man like look, look, i've been there dog i've been there where i'm like i'm i'm gonna hold this just on principle let's trade to zero. I trade and took off. like loss mitigation is the thing once i learned that that's the, the key yep trade yeah. took off but yeah. um, so the second question I wanted to ask you is, um, I know you're a family man, and so what, um, you know, how does being a family man and trading, um, you know, like what kind of time restrictions and constraints does being a family man have on your your trading, or does it actually enhance your trading? Man, that's a that's a good question. Um, you know. I can't say that it that it mitigates my trading much. I mean, I guess there's occasions where it might when things are just hectic because I do I have, you know, four kids total, two little ones, you know, a five year old and a two year old, soon to be two year old. Um, so particularly with COVID, you know, they're in the house, they're not going to school and such. So it can get a little hectic occasionally where, you know, they're running around and, and screaming. Um, but, you know, I have to, you know, first of all, thank my wife. She definitely helps out a lot in trying to give me my peace when she knows that I'm like working or whatever. Um, 
and then, you know, if I need to, I can step outside. You know, that's a beautiful thing about modern technology. I can take my smartphone and step outside, go for a little walk around the block and get some peace if I need to. Um, so I can't say it really mitigates me too much. Um, I definitely think it has enhanced um, in some ways just because of that that motivation, that hunger to try to build something, um, you know, that I can pass on and to teach, teach, teach my children. You know, my oldest is 18. He's getting ready to go to college. So I've definitely been pushing him um, to try to learn. You know, it's a little bit of a battle because, you know, he ain't always trying to hear everything his dad got to say. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, but he's I can you know, the interest is there. I know he hears me. You know, he might not hear everything I'm saying right this moment, but he, he definitely hears me and he's aware of it. And so just trying to be a good model. Um, for, for, you know, for the older, my older kids, because they can see me, what I'm doing and see how hard I'm working. They, I, you know, I do share with them some of my successes and my failures so they can kind of, you know, see what it's like. Um, and so definitely, you know, just, I think that's another thing. Um, you know, one is the motivation, but another thing is, like I said, wanting to teach them, you know, and I think one thing about teaching is that, uh, you know, really good teachers are also learning, you know, yeah. during that process. And so trying to get my um, son involved, for instance, you know, it, it, it helps me learn through teaching him. It also helps me learn in terms of other things and like how I reach other people. OK, he's not hearing this. Why is he not hearing this? And then I can use that with other people I work with. And I can be like, OK, well, they're not receiving this message. Let me break down why they're not receiving this message or what it is that I weigh about. I'm delivering this message um, that that's not working. So, you know, that's kind of slightly off the topic. But, you know, it, it's definitely, I think, more of an enhancement than a than a mitigator, I would say. OK. Yeah, I mean, that's good stuff right there, man, because, you know, it, it's important for you to say that, too, because I know a lot of folks listening or watching. Um, when they hear about the kind of work that you have to put in, they're going to think about that. If they're interested, like in, you know, starting in that journey, like I got a family, how am I going to do? So it's possible, right? Yeah, it's possible. It's, you know, it's, it's possible. Definitely. All right. So, so listen now, so now you're a proficient trader. Um, you know, you, you're doing your thing. You're, you're back in school studying, you know, to, to, you know, enhance your life and everything. What does the future hold for you? So what, what are some of the things that you're trying to tackle in the future? What are, you know, you're looking forward to doing? Well, um, I would say the first thing I'm really trying to do, uh, I just recently started my own business called Ajay Shaluga Enterprises. Um, and it's basically just trying to build off of my teaching that I've been doing. I've been doing it for a couple of years. I'm trying to, I guess, take it to another more official level. Um, and so that's something I really am kind of building right now. And it's already, you know, I'm getting a pretty great response for, for really just having started it this year. Um, and I've already, like I said, been working with some people. So just trying to build on top of that. Um, and, you know, we do things like we do, you know, do one on, you know, intense one on one work with people um, who maybe have little to no experience about the markets, just helping them understand it, understanding how to analyze the market and individual companies. We do, uh, you know, option trading um, training. So, you know, I can basically do like a, a boot camp type thing where I show you, you know, first of all, how options work and all of that. And then secondly, kind of my process for how uh, I go about selecting plays, how I go about 
you know, executing my plays um, and all the considerations that you have to take into account so that you can build a, a system tailored to yourself. Um, haven't quite started this yet, but we're going to be doing like rolling webinars. So maybe not if, you know, if you don't want to do, uh, you know, the one-on-one -on -one type of work, because uh, it might be a little cheaper to do like a webinar. Um, we'll be doing like rolling webinar type of things where we'll be covering both of those options trading, uh, fundamental analysis. Uh, so that's kind of where I'm headed with the market stuff. Um, and then, you know, I'm like I said, I'm in school. I've thought about going for a PhD possibly. I don't really know right now. I'm kind of at the end of my wick right now with school. <laughs> I'm trying to just finish this program. I mean, I'm in a master's program now trying to finish that. And then I'll probably just focus on my business for a little while and then reevaluate that later on down the line. <laughs> gotcha. But uh, yeah, that's where I'm at right now. Well, first of all, congratulations on like, you know, setting up your own shop to take the skills and everything that you're working. It's working for you and to, to help and teach others. I think that's powerful. Um, you know, we want to support that. So that's amazing. So we, we will make sure that we put links to everything that you've got going on, your socials and everything within the description box. Um, let me ask you this question. Uh, throughout this journey, right, you talked about, you know, being adopted and, and how that made you fall in love with culture and how you got to trading. And, you know, now you're, you know, you're back in school for you. So you got a lot of good things going on, man. And, and salute to you for that. But what has been the biggest hurdle that you've had to overcome throughout this journey? Man, the biggest hurdle uh, that I've had to overcome is kind of going back to what I said with patience and just discipline. Um, you know, kind of like part of going into, you know, what uh, we were talking about with kind of my background and stuff, like not to say that it's not important to me because it very much is, but like, I don't have to put as much effort into long-term stuff as some other people might have to. And so I have put most of my focus on my short-term trading, trying to build my income more so. Um, but in the same aspect of that, it's like I've been really undisciplined and impatient trying to build that because um, I know the potential that's there. And I know that, hey, if I really master this, if I really do this right, like I can just be set for, for, for life. You know, I might not never have to work again, never have to do this again, never have to, you know, X, Y, Z. And so I've put a lot of pressure on myself, you know, um, to hit certain goal, hit certain numbers and things probably before I was ready to. I actually, um, you know, on my website, I talked about that in a blog post yesterday, how, you know, people put these goals. A lot of times these coaches put out these big goals, um, but they're not really catered to to individual people. They're just like, this is where you should be aiming to get to. But it's like you have to start from where you're at. And I wasn't really paying attention to where I was at. I was looking at this big goal in the sky and trying to force myself to that goal rapidly. And I know a lot of people that get into the markets kind of fall into that trap sometimes where they're just trying to, they want all the money and they want it all now. And I think that has been my biggest stumbling block. I haven't had the patience. I haven't had the discipline. It took me, you know, it doesn't have to take you this long, but it took me personally years to kind of get to the point where I have got over 
the hump with that. And like I said, I still have my battles here and there with it um, where I have I get a little greedy or I get a little impatient. But, um, you know, that has really been the thing. You have to be disciplined. You have to be patient. You have to set incremental goals. Don't just think you're going to go from, oh, okay, I'm brand new to the market. I have a few hundred dollars I can spend to, oh, I'm about to be a millionaire, you know, in a couple months. Like, it's not going to work. Like, you're going to get yourself in trouble. You know, set yourself incremental goals that you can achieve, you know, celebrate those goals and then move on to the next level of goal. What has helped you the most um, in getting to the, the place where you understand that, first of all, that's great self-awareness, but what has helped you get to the point where you recognize that, hey, I have a problem with patience, but I know how to manage it? Because it's always going to be there for you. You're always going to deal with that. But what has helped you the most in, in learning to manage that? Um, I would say taking my L's is probably what taught me the best. <laughs> 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 The good thing about it is that I didn't give up. And that's what happens with a lot of people. They get in the markets the first time that they lose some money. They're like, all right, forget this, man. Like, I, I ain't trying to lose all my money out here. Um, it's something you have to be persistent with. You have to you have to stay the course. And so, you know, you have to learn. But you have to learn a lesson from your L's. You can't just keep taking L's left and right and left and right and just repeating yourself. Eventually, you have to learn something from those L's so that you can apply it. And um Definitely the risk mitigation um, is a huge thing. So I agree 100% with Corey with that. I actually was teaching, or I, I guess technically I still offer it, but I haven't taught one in a little minute, but um, stop loss classes, you know, on how do you stop loss, you know, uh, the different types of stop loss, the way you can set them up, how you can use them in conjunction with OCO orders and all those types of things. Um, so that's one aspect, you know, how much money um, in my account you know, am I risking? So like, you know, say you have a $5,000 account, you don't have to have all $5,000 out on the market at once. Like that might be a bad idea because if things, if you have a, if you have a day like we had last Friday and everything just starts tanking, your $5,000 account might look like $2,000 and you might panic and sell everything and just, you know, just be, you know, up the creek. Um, you know, so that's another aspect, not putting too much of your money on the line at one time, not overexposing yourself. Um, so th those are some of the lessons that I've learned. Um, definitely risk management, risk mitigation. Um, but that's what taught it to me, just honestly taking my taking my L's. And, and the thing with risk is that you can't the goal is not to avoid risk because you have to have some risk in order to, to gain and prosper. But the goal is to. The goal is also not to run face first into risk. OK, so you're not trying to avoid it, but you're not also just trying to jump in risk arms. You know, so you have to kind of find that balance where it's like, OK, I know that I have to put some risk on the line, but I'm going to manage that risk. I'm going to make it an appropriate risk so that if things don't go my way, I'm not sh shooting myself in the foot. Got you. So basically it, it, you, you pay tuition is what it sounds like. You, you Definitely. You paid a nice tuition. <laughs> Man, this, uh, thank you. Thank you for being very transparent and sharing the story. Um, I got I got one final question for you. And that is, what is your favorite book or something that's inspired you along this journey? Yeah, my favorite book, I have to say, is I'm going to go with the autobiography of Malcolm X. I guess I got to go with the classic. There's so many books I've loved. So 
Um, well, give us a couple then, right? So, so, so you're a book guy. So th that's the case. Give us maybe three of them, right? So you said the autobiography of Malcolm X. Give us two more. The autobiography of Malcolm X is one. Um, let's see. There's a book called A Hope in the Unseen that I had mm -hmm. to read back in my day uh, going into college, which I really liked. And then a third one, I'm going to say Things Fall Apart. Oh, okay. Classic. Classic okay. material. Yeah. But so now, now let me ask you this question. What is it about the because everybody um we talk about the autobiography of Malcolm X, everybody takes something different from it. What is it about that book that resonated with you um that makes it your favorite book? Man, I would just say um just the, the way you know that it it really just captures the whole essence of like you can make yourself what you want to make yourself. Like you don't have to uh, be defined or confined by your circumstances that you find yourself in. You can make yourself what you want to be. You know, obviously there's challenges and people in, you know, different circumstances might make things more difficult, but in the end, like where there's a will, there's a way. And like, if you really want to change something about yourself or your life or your circumstances, you have the power to do so. Um, I think that's what really inspires me about Malcolm X's life and story in, in general. Man, yeah, that's, that's definitely classic material right there. So John, this, this has been amazing, man. I wanna say thank you, um, first of all, for just your honesty. Um, your transparency for sharing your story and also for what you're going to do to inspire people in the future as you bring together your own organization to teach folks. I think that's honorable. Yeah, man. Honorable. It's better than honorable, man. My man really get to it. So, you know, I can't wait to support and, 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 and show love. You know what I mean? Like, you know, a gang of dope traders, but John is one of my favorite because he always, he stay the same. Like, he don't get too high, don't get too low. He just does what he does. And he, you know, like I, on, on top of being great traders, we know a lot of class A human beings. Mm -hmm. One of those people also. Absolutely. So, you know what I mean? So when, when you get a dope trader that's also a class A human being, you got to show love to Absolutely, man. And y'all, and I know like John is very humble, man. But when I tell you that this dude is a, an amazing trader, he's an amazing trader. So what I want to <laughs> do is this. I want to make sure that we put all of his contact info uh, within the description box. Um, as well as the show notes if you're listening to the audio podcast. Um, and make sure you share this because uh, John has an amazing story and, you know, he's going to do a lot to to help our people moving forward. So, John, I just want to say thank you again, good brother. We appreciate thank your you time as always. Anything we could do to help um, enhance what you got going on, just let us know because um, we believe in collaboration over competition. We're going to push whatever you – we don't care if you're doing the same thing. We're going we're gonna to push it anyway because um, we believe in abundance um, and yeah. helping each other out. Absolutely. So – with that being said, though, um, Corey, you got any last thoughts before we got here, man? Nah, man, just proud, proud of my bro. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> man. man. Absolutely, man. It's love, number love, man. I appreciate y'all so much. Thank y'all for having me, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And to the folks out there listening, make sure you check out what John has going on. Um, you know, really, really try to get in tune with what he's building because uh, he's going to do amazing things for our folks in the future. Um, and we'll listen, as we always say, it's not about how much money you make, it's about how much you keep. Game elevates, and we shall see you guys on the next episode. Peace. Peace. Yeah.